Hello and God bless. Uh, we're going to be reading from the book of 2 Peter, uh, starting with chapter 1 and verse 1. It starts off by saying, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he's saying here that grace and peace be multiplied to you. The grace that uh, the loving kindness of God, that unmerited favor and the peace, that peace that the Bible talks about that, you know, that will keep our hearts and mind. Let that be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. The knowledge that is talking about of God is not the things about God, like facts about God. But no, the knowledge that it talks about here is like an intimate knowledge. Like if you have, you know, a significant other in your life and over time you begin to know them better. Not just things about them, but more how their personality is. What kind of actions and behavior that they have. And truly this knowledge of God will bring us grace and peace. Because we know that God is not just some faraway being somewhere in the universe, but a friend. Our Lord and our Savior. First three goes on to say, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. In other words, he's given us what we need to live in this life and to live godly. But it's through the knowledge of him, again, that intimate relationship, that ongoing day-to-day relationship that we have with God. And then also he has called us to glory and virtue. In other words, he has called us to a higher standard of living. This glory, this virtue, is just a God-honoring life, a life that glorifies God. And that God is happy with seeing us living. This virtue is, again, a a moral, higher standard of living that's different from the way the world is living. In other words, he's called us to be different. Verse 4 goes on to say, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust that verse is loaded and I recommend everybody do not speed read the Bible because each verse can have something that you can overlook and I've come to find out that even though you've read a verse a couple times maybe even have it memorized there's still something that you can get out of that the word of God is not just ink on paper but it is something that gets into your spirit that must be 
how should I say, uh, decoded and put into your spirit and put into your mind that really can't be expressed with just words. There's some things that have to be spiritually discerned. So read the Bible, pray through it, and really seek God's leadership on getting understanding. Once again, it says, whereby are given unto us. Who's the us group? Well, us is the group that talks about in verse one, the people who have obtained that precious faith is the people of God. That's the us group. So given unto us has been, are given, I should say, exceeding great and precious promises. And just a few of these great and precious promises that we can look at real quick. First of all, and you know, that our sins can be forgiven. It talks about in the books of Romans. If we, in the book of Romans, if we could confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's great. That's precious. Also that he's going to go away and prepare a place for us. And he's going to come again and receive us unto himself. That's a fantastic promise. Also the promise that you can and must be born again. That your whole past can be forgiven no matter what you've done. God has promised to do that. If you come to him, receive his forgiveness. He give you a fresh start in life. That's wonderful. And becoming born again is how we are now partakers of the divine nature. Let's take a quick look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 for a little clarification on this divine nature that we are partaking in. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 it says therefore if that's a big if right there but if any man any person be in Christ he or she is a new creature all things have passed away and behold all things become new that new creature that we become if we're in Christ is the divine nature that we are partaking in. We are new on the inside. We are a new creation. Oh, your face still looks the same in the mirror, except for you're probably smiling a lot more now that you've become a Christian. But the new creation is on the inside. You're a new person on the inside. That's what the, that's the change that we're talking about. That's what's new. That's what's that is what being born again is. On the inside, there's change. On the inside, you're a different person. And that can only happen through the power of God. Christianity is more than behavior modification. It's a new creature. You're a new person. Things that you used to do don't really seem that appealing anymore. Things that were so important to you, it doesn't really matter like it used to. Because you have this new nature. You're a new creature. You've been created anew on the inside. Your spirit, your heart, your mind is all changed to the glory of God. Now going back to 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 4, the latter part of verse 4, it says, Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And lust uh, doesn't necessarily mean just things of the sexual nature, but just lust or desires ungodly desires 
desires for everything except for God. In fact, let's look at the book of 1 John and chapter 2. And let's look at verse 16. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, the things of the world, they feed the flesh. They feed our temporary existence. And it can be a distraction against our inner life. That distraction away from what's most important to us. The lust of the flesh, you know, you want to take care of your body. Uh, it could be of a sexual nature as well. It's all about you, of course. And also the lust of the eyes. You know, you want to amass a lot of things to have, a lot of, uh, you know, wealth and, you know, goodies and toys and, you know, how many cars does one person need? How many houses does one person need? The lust of the eyes, but also the pride of life. And the pride of life, a lot of things can come into this category where you're just trying to build up power for yourself so you can be great and make a name for yourself. As you know, everybody wants to be somebody important. But as Christians, we want to be somebody in God's eyes. We want to live a life again that is, once again, that is pleasing to God. That's not about what I think I should be, that people may remember me. But it's about what God has called me to be. That's the most important thing. Because what we are in Christ, being this new creature, this new creation, is not only for now, but it's also for eternity as well. What we do now will have an eternal benefit. We must always keep this in mind. That wherever you are, wherever state you are in life, this isn't forever. We're just here temporarily. And if things go as things have been going for the last maybe hundreds, thousands of years, it's going to turn out that you probably will be dead a lot longer than you've been alive. So we got to keep life in perspective. Focus on what God has for us and the bright future that he has ahead of us. And thank God that we have escaped that corruption that is in the world because this world is passing away and we want to be invested in something that's going to have an internal value verse 5 says and besides this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and let's go back to that word diligent it just means like effort a persistent work in other words, we want to put some effort into what we're doing with Christ. In other words, we're going to take time. We're going to study His Word. We're going to pray. We're going to seek Him. We're not going to be lazy about it. Unfortunately, following uh, Jesus, there is no um, there's no autopilot. You have to be doing it on a consistent basis and growing in it. That where you are this year or this month, you should be further along next month and so on. We're growing in the grace and knowledge of God. That's what the Bible says. We're growing. Like the Bible says also, as newborn babes, we desire the sincere milk of the word that we might grow. 
So we got to use the word, study it, put our faith in it so that we can grow. Verse 6 goes on to say, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, it says here in the King James Version, charity, which is love. So we should have all these things operational in our lives all the time. We should always be patient. We should always be godly people, of course. We should be growing in our knowledge of God. And again, we should be people of love. One of the signs of Christianity or of us being a Christian is that we are people of love. Verse 8 says, For if these things, as a big if again, if these things be in you and abound, meaning it's like overflowing within you, they make it that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will not be barren and you will not be unfruitful. And that goes back to our growth in Christ that there will be results of this knowledge of God that is within you. Uh, you will not be barren like a woman that can't have a child. You will not be unfruitful like a fruit tree that doesn't have any fruit on it. There will be some evidence that you have this knowledge of God and that you've been living the Christian life in your life and it should be all around you. Verse 9 goes on to say, But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So if you're lacking this thing, those things in your life, it's like you're a blind person, and you can't see afar off, and you've forgotten. It's a bad situation when you're, you're blind. You're blind and you can't see afar off, and you have forgotten. The so blindness speaks to your current state. You're blind. You can't see what's going on. Can't see it far off. Yeah, understanding that walking with Christ or versus not walking with Christ is the difference between heaven and hell. Where is your future? Where will you spend eternity? Can you see it far off? Can you understand the seriousness of the situation, especially if you're a blind person? God has come to give us sight and understanding and not leave us in blindness. And lastly here, you have forgotten. See, the blindness is current. The far off is in the future. And you've forgotten. That's the past. You've forgotten where you came from. You've forgotten that your sins were cleansed from you. If God has cleansed you from your sins, you should no longer be walking in sin or living like a sinner. Because once again, you've been called to be a different person. To stand out, this is your calling as a Christian to a virtuous life, to a holy life, because you have escaped the corruption that's in the world, and now you're on a path that leads to the kingdom. We have been born again, we have been changed, we have been cleansed, as it says, we have been purged from our old sins, and we are partakers of the divine nature. Let's walk in that. Verse 10 goes on to say, Wherefore, rather, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence 
There's that word again. Diligence meaning careful, persistent, and constant work. You're being diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you should never fall. Once again, that's a promise. It's a cause and effect. If you're being diligent, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a Christian to solidify the relationship that you have with Christ through just doing the basics, not getting fancy, it's prayer, Bible study, church attendance, and growing in your relationship with God. The basics. So we want to make our calling and our election or or us being chosen by God we want to solidify that make it sure make it sturdy because when we're doing these things being obedient to the word and will of God as the Bible says here we shall never fall and lastly here verse 11 it says for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and at the end that's what we want when we see you far off as Christians as believers that's what we're seeing that is our future it is to live forever in the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Jesus Christ and to hear God says says say those words to us I'm getting tongue-tied getting excited to hear God say those words well done thou good and faithful servant enter into your rest and that's the goal right there that's what we want so in the meantime we have to be serious we have to be diligent not get lazy and daily seek God daily strengthen our relationship with the Lord and it's not about just us talking to him He's talking to us. So we have to listen to what the word of God is teaching and allow the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. I hope this blessed you. Have a great day.